here we go. The Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast, right on cue. One of my cats, Nellie, walks into the studio. Of course, I'm Eddie Cohn. I'm the host, the creator of the Spiritual Spiral Podcast. It's pouring rain out in Los Angeles. The streets are pretty empty. I just went to the gym and there was barely anybody there. And the pandemic is real. The reaction is more real. And I am just lost. Emotionally, I'm I'm just unsure. I don't know what to think, but I'm clearly frustrated. I'm clearly in shock. I don't have the answers yet, but I'm just merely going to continue to ask questions. And I have no agenda here. There's so many elements here that I'm going to try and wrap up into this edition of the podcast, but people have a lot of agendas. People have a lot of intentions. The media has an agenda. Republicans have an agenda. The Democrats have an agenda. The Chinese government has an agenda. The American government has an agenda. People are worried about their image. And I am noticing that it is a bit of a survival of the fittest right now. It feels as though the world is ending. I don't feel that way. I still trust that we're going to be okay, but I'm really disappointed. This podcast developed or evolved out of this of out of this idea of how easily manipulated human beings are, how fragile we are, how easily tricked we can be into becoming scared or emotional or feeling as though we have to be a part of Instagram or social media. And the media, I believe, is tricking everybody. If you do nothing but watch Fox or CNN or read the New York Times about the coronavirus for five, 10 hours, you're going to freak out and you're going to go to the grocery store and buy food and toilet paper and antibacterial wipes. It's inevitable. And that's what's happening. You know, we live in this 24-7 news cycle right now where if you want, you can freak yourself out all day long by reading about or watching the coronavirus news stories happening all around us. I spoke to a doctor today over at Cedar sinai He's a friend of mine, and he's in his 50s. He's going to run the marathon this weekend at Catalina, and he's not worried. And he says, in his mind, the coronavirus is slightly more harmful than the common cold. And what a lot of people don't even realize is the coronavirus, or rather the common cold, is a coronavirus. In fact, there's five corona, there's typically four coronaviruses or common colds that affect our country every year. This is the fifth coronavirus or common cold this year. You think if the newspapers, and I know this because I was listening to the Sam Harris podcast today, and he had an infectious disease specialist on the air, and his name is Amesh Adalja. And he says, quote, the common cold is a coronavirus. And they go on and on about precautionary measures one should take about antibacterial wipes and wiping things down and and not going to work and staying home. This behavior that they're promoting and suggesting is no different than how people should behave if they had the common cold.
You should stay home if you're sick. You should be using antibacterial wipes. You shouldn't be shaking hands. You shouldn't be going to the gym if you have a common cold. The first thing that's troublesome for me is just even the word coronavirus. It sounds so much more dramatic and worse than if they said the common cold. <laughs> Imagine if the New York Times, Fox, CNN, all these, reporter, all these reporters referred to this virus as the common cold. That would alleviate so much anxiety. And I was reading more statistics. 80 to 85% of coronavirus cases are considered mild. 80 to 85%. 13% are severe. Under 5% are critical. Those over the age of 60 are most at risk. This is what's really frightening, though, to me, what this statistic. 1.1 billion mentions in the media the coronavirus. SARS had 55 million. We live in a 24-7 news cycle. We live in a social media world where people are sharing misinformation. I'm using social media right now to try to add a little bit of perspective. I'm throwing all these statistics out there because if you don't do the research, if you don't go back and look at the swine flu, the bird flu, SARS epidemic, you're going to think that this coronavirus is worse than all of them. But they all fall, this falls right in line with the swine flu, but we live in this fear-based 24-7 news cycle culture. People are trying to get your attention. People are trying to freak you out. The reaction is what's most frightening to me. Again, I'm not some conspiracy theorist. China was, was never happy with the trade deal that they signed with the United States. China is not a fan of, of Trump. We know the media is certainly no fan of Trump. And I'm not here to support Trump, but what pisses me off is that when the actions of the media and our culture are so desperate to get Trump out of office that it potentially may affect me and my life and my livelihood, I lose a little faith in the media, and the government. So the impeachment trial ends, and of course Donald Trump gets off. And I'm not saying that this virus is, was cooked in a lab in China and put into the air specifically to get Donald Trump out of office. But the media's reaction, constant reporting, is to me all about politics and all about changing of the guard and getting Donald Trump out of office. It doesn't make sense within a month or two of Donald Trump getting off, not being impeached, within six to eight months of China signing a new trade deal that they weren't happy with, that suddenly we have this common cold, quote unquote, that is taking over the news feeds everywhere and people won't stop talking about it all day long. And what pisses me off is that my stance right now, where I'm saying the media is blowing things up out of proportion, they're saying that that's a Republican conservative stance. And people who are telling you to, to have social distancing or participate in social distancing and don't go to restaurants and stay home and we should cancel this and we should cancel that, that's more of a liberal democratic stance. I don't believe my stance is political. My stance is merely, I don't understand where this all is coming from. I know, Nellie. It doesn't make any sense to me.
And again, I'm going to read some some statistics for you. The 2009 flu pandemic or swine flu was an influenza pandemic that that lasted from 2009 to 2010. First described in April of 2009, the virus appeared to be a new strain of the H1N1, which resulted when a previous triple reassortment of bird, swine, and human flu viruses further combined with the Eurasian pig flu virus, leading to the term swine flu. It's estimated that 11 to 21% of the global population, about 6.8 billion So between 700 million and 1.4 billion people contracted this illness, and it had between 150 and 575,000 fatalities. Those numbers are really high, right? (laughs) They're through the roof. The whole world didn't shut down back then. Schools weren't closed. The NBA season wasn't closed. But the difference is, from 10 years ago to today, we are in a 24-7 all-day, non-stop news cycle to try and grab your attention. And when you see words like surge, pandemic, crisis, NBA season canceled, schools canceled, NCAA tournament canceled, it causes this ripple effect of mass anxiety. I want to play, I'm a bit frustrated by the clip that I'm going to play, but Sam Harris has an infectious disease doctor on his show, and they start obviously talking about um, the coronavirus. Amesh Adalja, he's an infectious disease doctor over at John Hopkins. Again, I'm just, I'm trying to make sense of this all. I'm trying to make sense of it all. I'm trying to add some perpe- I'm trying to add some perspective, some context because I feel like people don't actually read and go below the surface. People don't want to read the facts. All people are doing is seeing the headlines, which are nerve-shattering. Things are closing, schools are closing, pandemic, surge, more diagnoses. I mean, all of those types of words and headlines are are clearly going to freak people out. So I'm trying to say things like the common cold is a coronavirus. I'm trying to throw out statistics about the flu to make people realize that these numbers aren't much different than the flu, but people don't want you to know that. And I'm not trying to make light of what's going on right now. This is, this is real. This is clearly having an impact, but I feel like the media and our culture is manipulating and creating much more anxiety and fear than is necessary. Like if I was diagnosed, if I had the flu and my grandmother or my mother was in like a nursing home, I would be an idiot if I went to visit her. Whether it was the coronavirus, the flu, or a cold, it would be selfish of me to go visit her. If I had a cold or the coronavirus or the flu, and I'm as a yoga teacher, if I still taught my class, I would be a selfish idiot. Like, this is all common sense behavior. So I want to play this clip of a few more thoughts. This, the comparison with flu, because many people have been drawing comfort from the idea that if you're a healthy non-smoker under 70, 
you basically have nothing to worry about. It's more or less just like the flu. And most of us are going to get this, right? Like this is, in fact, I think I've even, even saw you say more or less this in a talk you gave. I watched a YouTube video of a lecture you were giving a couple weeks back. So most people are going to get this. And if you're healthy and not too old, it's not likely to be a problem for you. Another statistic that I've heard a lot is that you know, 80% of cases are mild. So what is a mild case? And what is actually rational to believe here? Because I, and I, I say this, you know, knowing, personally knowing someone who is 50 and a, you know, an extreme skier, i.e. quite healthy or was quite healthy until he caught coronavirus, a non-smoker, and he's now on a ventilator. Obviously, this is an anecdote. This is not science, but I don't have similar stories to tell about flu. So what's the picture in, in terms of the... See that, right? First of all, that's just bullshit. <laughs> of course, there's similar stories about flu. I have a friend whose grandfather a year ago was admitted to the hospital and died from the flu. I mean, there are plenty of anecdotes. We all have anecdotes and stories that we could tell. And Sam is choosing to share this quote unquote anecdote. And the way, even when you hear the word respirator, that freaks people out. A lot of people, when they have the flu, are admitted to the ER, are ultimately going to need a respirator, especially if they already have some underlying lung condition or if they're smokers. I guess my point here is, is that I'm trying to make the point that this isn't too much different than what our culture has already been dealing with over the last 50, 100,000 years. The difference is now everybody has a voice. We have an election coming up. People can't stand the president. And we are in this 24-7 news cycle where people all day have the potential to freak themselves out by watching the news at all hours of the day. And even Sam Harris has an agenda he knows he has millions of listeners. He can't stand the president. He has an agenda. They all have agendas. So I'm going to keep playing. The severity of this generally to flu. While it is true that most cases are going to be mild and indistinguishable from the cold and the flu, this does seem to have a higher case fatality ratio. So you are more likely to see people die from this than from influenza. It is true that the deaths cluster and those that are elderly, that have other other medical conditions, but it's important to know that just because something clusters there doesn't mean that other diseases, other deaths can't occur in other age groups. So we are going to see healthy people that are that die from this. It's not going to be the norm. It's not going to be as common, but it is going to happen. And well, that's that's an important point. It it will it happens every single day. Freak incidents happen. You get in a car crash. Somebody somebody healthy. Gets really sick. I got the t I got the flu about seven years ago, where I was. I felt like I was going to die. I mean, I couldn't move for two days. This this happens. It happens with the flu. It happens with the cold. It happened with the swine flu. It's going to happen with the coronavirus. There's just the way they're reporting it creates a sense of deeper anxiety. And it's important to prepare for that. So even we see that with influenza right now, this year's flu season, to draw the comparison back to flu, has seen the most children die from influenza in recorded history, except for during the 2009 H1N1 pandemic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
if the media, he said this year's flu has killed more children than ever before. If the media was reporting that every single day, like they're doing the coronavirus, people would have been freaked out. This is, this is very important point. I'm just, I'm, I'm enraged. I'm upset. There has been a decision somewhere along the chain to report the hell out of this virus. If people over the last three months would have been reporting that this flu season, the most children are dying, or if they would have reported every single day when a new child died from this season's flu, parents would not have been sending their kids to school. So we don't often hear so much about the younger people that die from flu as well, but it is true that those deaths occur. And because this has a higher case fatality ratio likely than seasonal flu, we will see deaths in other age groups, although they will be clustered in the, in the, the highest age groups. And in terms of the mildest cases, it's true to say that it would be possible for this to present as benignly as an ordinary cold. There are people walking around with the sniffles who may, in fact, have coronavirus. Right. That's definitely true. Because remember, coronaviruses are a family of viruses. There are four of them that, that cause seasonal colds every year. And this is now basically becoming the fifth seasonal coronavirus and we are going to see this spectrum of illness where many people will just have the sniffles or just have a cough or a sore throat. And Again, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's a, it's a common cold. It's a seasonal cold. If it was reported in the media as a seasonal cold, there's just something about that word coronavirus. It, it freaks people out. It freaks people out to the point where they're not even drinking Corona beer anymore. I mean, words are really important. If somebody out there in power... And in this case, Sam Harris, in many cases, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, the media, the newspapers, New York Times. I mean, I don't think we really realize how powerful these sources are. turn on Fox and you're going to see coronavirus in huge letters. I mean, we, our brains are being tricked right now. And again, I'm not trying to make light of this situation. I, I know I could very well get this coronavirus or this cold and have to stay home for a couple weeks. I mean, Tom Hanks just got it. Apparently Rita Wilson got it. They said their symptoms are very mild, but it's almost like the world doesn't want Tom Hakes and Rita Wilson's story about their symptoms being very mild to be heard. All they want to be heard are these tragic, terrible cases where somebody just died. And they don't want you to know that it's primarily people over the age of 75 or 80 who already have serious health issues. They don't want you to know that 80 to 85% of these cases are mild and they're like the common cold. Nobody wants you to know that. They just want you to know that the NBA was canceled, the NCAA tournament was canceled, uh, companies are telling their employees to stay home. It, it's irrational. I'm going to play a little more. I'll let you go. Nothing really becomes of it. It's just like a normal cold. But then there are that group that have risk factors or, by luck of the draw, have a more severe case. So that's kind of one, one of the things that this virus is used to transmit itself so well is the fact that you've got these mild cases walking around in the community that just look like a cold, but they can then yet transmit it to other people. So that's really advantageous from an evolutionary standpoint for a virus to have this spectrum of illness with these mild cases out there that are really serving as vectors for the, the virus. 
And what do you make of the fact that it seems to be systematically more benign in children? So that's a really important question that we're all trying to answer and try to come up with hypotheses for. There's a couple of them. One is that children tend to have less robust immune responses, and maybe most of the symptoms that we're seeing, especially the severe ones, are triggered by an overabundant immune response that's more characteristic of adults than in children. And we know that that's the case for many infectious diseases. For example, chickenpox is much milder in a child than in an adult. So that's one hypothesis. The other is, going back to those four circulating coronaviruses that are around every year, children get a lot more colds than adults, and there might be some cross-immunity because they have many more exposures to coronavirus in their daily life than an adult might. So that cross-immunity might be somewhat protective. But this is one of the leading research questions we need to understand, especially as we're trying to figure out what the role of children are in transmission as you hear about school closures occurring around the country. Well, let's talk about the contagiousness of this. In terms of the the so-called R-naught factor, how does this compare to flu? It looks like it's about in the same category as flu. And there's a lot of mysticism, what I call mysticism about the R-naught. People think it's like... Again, I want to interrupt. He's saying it's around just as contagious as the flu. America has basically shut down. Our country has virtually shut down. NBA done, NCAA done, companies working from home, stock market crashing, based on a virus that is virtually as contagious as the flu. It's, it's mind-blowing. Is, am I the only one that thinks this way? Because I speak to people that are freaked out right now, and then I be, and I think they're freaked out because of the unknown, and I get that. It's scary to not know. It's scary when you do nothing but watch the news all day. But I think it's important to get some facts and some information on some other flus and try to relax. And I, I do think it's important to go about your day-to-day life, but be smart. Maybe hold off on that party. Maybe hold off going on to going to the concert. Although Tame Impala, one of my favorite bands, they had their concert last night at the Forum and it went on. So I, I'm in a way, I sort of applaud that. I, I'm happy to see that there are bands out there that are still proceeding with their normal day-to-day routine. I'll play one more clip and then I'll let you go. Like something intrinsic. It's an intrinsic feature, like a like horsepower on an engine in a car. When it's not, it's really an average number. And you can have varying R-naughts for the same infectious disease. It just depends on what that person does and the environment they interact in. So you can have someone like typhoid Mary, who has a very high R-naught for salmonella typhi, which caused typhoid fever. And you can have someone who doesn't have a high R-naught. So it's not something that I spend much time trying to delineate if, if the R-naught is 2.3, meaning it infects two, one person infects 2.3 other people, or if it's 2.8 or whatever it is. I kind of think of them in batches. I think if the R-naught is less than one, meaning that it can't... you. Most people are not going to affect anybody. It's not not something to worry about. Then I think of the other extreme. The R-naught is 15. So that's something like measles or whooping cough. That's going to be very hard to to deal with because you're going to have lots of people infected and lots of exposures. And then I think of that middle ground of like the R-naughts between like two to four. And I put flu and I put this virus in there. And I think that's a better way to think about it than trying to look at it as some intrinsic feature that you're trying to compare between viruses. I think that gets a little bit too, trying to put too much of a statistical flavor to something that that really is not completely exact that way. It's just, this is transmissible. It's not as transmissible as measles. It's more transmissible than tetanus, which is not transmissible between humans. I guess I'm going to end with this point. If Sam had a guest on a couple months ago when it was reported that this flu season, the most amount of children were, were being killed by the flu, 
people would become alarmed if 10 years ago the swine flu, if the media, if we lived in the 24-7 media culture that we do now, people would be alarmed. I think the stock market corrects. You know, the stock market goes up and up and up and up, and then there's a correction. I just get the sense that our culture has been improving and improving, getting faster, getting faster. And of course, we don't want tragedy to strike, but it almost feels as though this is just a natural correction, per se, possibly. It's Mother Nature taking control, reminding us that we are merely potentially puppets and Nature, Mother Nature, has far bigger plans and we're not always a part of them. And tragedy can strike at any moment, whether it's a car crash or an illness, disease, a flu, a virus, a common cold, pneumonia. These ailments are there every single day in our day-to-day life. The difference right now is there just seems to be a political and media agenda happening right now to get your attention, to freak you out, to change your life, to stay home. And it's having a major impact on the world right now. And I just don't quite understand it. I don't understand the microscopic examination of this quote-unquote coronavirus slash common cold. It doesn't make sense because at any moment, the media over the last five years could decide to focus on a flu or a cold or some sort of cultural disaster to the point where if they keep focusing on it, it's going to freak you out. This is no different than any other opportunity where the media could choose to freak you out. So I'm merely just curious and it doesn't quite add up in my mind. It doesn't make sense. And I will record a podcast three days from now. If, if, I, if I end up getting sick and somebody in my life passes away from this, my tune may certainly change. This is obviously evolving and shifting day by day, but I still can't figure it out. And I know I'm not the only one that feels this way because I speak to other people in my day-to-day life and they also just can't figure it out. That's it for today's show. As always, if you dig the show, write a review on iTunes, give it a five star, send a message to me on Instagram, say hello, tell me what you're thinking about the show. You can reach me on Twitter or Instagram at Eddie Cohn. Um, I have a few guests lined up for next week. I'll probably, I don't have any guests lined up this week, so there's a chance I'll record another podcast over the next few days because this is an ever-evolving story. But the reason why I'm talking about it is because it does relate to how I believe human beings are so easily manipulated. And I even felt like Instagram and technology, specifically social media, are ruining the world. And it does feel like social media and technology and the way that we are reacting to this new outbreak is further spiraling us down the spiritual spiral. And it feels as though the world is potentially ending. That's sort of what the media wants us to believe right now. So I'm trying to make sense of it all. And I do believe it connects to technology because it's that 24-7, nonstop, all day long, always on 24-7 news and technology cycle that we live in that's creating more panic and anxiety. So as always, thank you so much for listening and being a part 
of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.